Hey, welcome to Thursday uh, through our journey through Scripture. My name is Philip, uh, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas, uh, and we are continuing to, to go through the uh, Scripture. Uh, today we're going to be looking at uh, Exodus chapters 11 through 13. Uh, so if you need to take a moment and pause and, and read 11 through 13, encourage you to do that, and then we're going to hit the ground running. Uh, this 11 through 13, um, talk about the 10th plague, uh, what's going on. It, it is brutal. I mean, there's no way we can't just sit there and, and, uh, and not struggle with uh, what happens here. Um, the, the 10th plague is the death of the firstborn. Um, and, and so God, if you remember, God already told Moses that this is what it was coming to. Um, and, and now Moses is going to be telling that to Pharaoh. Um, interestingly, we have uh, in, in verse 2, it says, Speak now in the hearing of the people and let every man ask from his neighbor uh, and every woman from her a, a neighbor articles of silver and articles of, of gold. And the Lord gave uh, the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Um, and basically the Egyptians, they were already preparing to give the people some stuff, right? That things were, things were escalating quickly. Um, sometimes we, we read it and, and uh, it says here in a minute that the Hebrews plundered the Egyptians. It's not that they went and took the stuff. They asked for it and the Egyptians gave it to them and said, get out, leave us alone. Um, and uh, it's, it, all of this is, you, you can tell that we're getting to the climax of the story, right? That this is coming out and uh, uh, Moses and uh, tells Pharaoh, he says, thus says the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill. Uh, and, and all the firstborn of all the animals. Um, this, is, this is going to be brutal. And, and as we think about that and we struggle with that, and some people uh, you, you know, will, will use this as a, as a challenge to who God is, and, and I, I will agree, I, it, this, is, this is a tough one. Right? It's like, ooh, why would God do this? Um, but you know, we have to be careful trying to defend God, um, <laughs> His ways are higher than, than our ways. Um, but also it, it's easy to use an instant like this and say, oh, see, that's, that, that shows that God can't exist or that all of this is made up or it's inconsistent. Um, but it, you know what? You also have to be able to defend all of the, the goodness that comes from God. And, you know, we do have to deal with the suffering that is still present in this world uh, even in spite of, of there being a good God. Um, but people who challenge uh, that um, also need to be able to come up, well, well, why is there good in the world? That's also from God, right? So, so we can always find little things to, uh, to make us doubt uh, about the existence of God or the validity of God, um, but we need to be, be careful with that. Um, and, and this, but this is one of those times that you're kind of like, whoa, What's going on here? And there's a, a few things that I think are important. One is that God doesn't just do this. The, the Pharaoh doesn't wake up and go, what, why is my son dead? Why did you kill my son? Um, right? They knew this was coming. 
They had just seen nine previous plagues, right, that had specifically come from God and yet continued to not listen, uh, continued to not, uh, to, to not relent to what God was asking of them. Uh, so it, it wasn't a surprise. This is still, still brutal, but it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise. Um, also, remember again what happened a few decades earlier, that not only Pharaoh, but many other people with Egyptian people contributed to the murder of who knows how many uh, Hebrew babies. Right? They had killed the babies and there's, there's a little bit of this idea of God will exact justice. Right? And, and again, we, we've gotten to a place where we're, we can be uncomfortable with that, um, but the reality is, is, is God will uh, bring justice to evil. And, and part, of that, part of that is what's going on here as well. And another thing that's important, and, and this is vital to uh, understand, is God does this himself, right? The angel of death is the one who does and brings death to, uh, to the firstborn. He doesn't ask the Hebrew people to do it, right? That, that's very important. God never asks, uh, you know, and, and would not, um, he doesn't ask us to do evil, right? And this is something that God does. And, and it's important for that. It's okay for us to struggle with this, um, but, but we do need to recognize that, uh, hey, God is God. I am who I am. I will be who I will be. My ways are higher than your ways. So we're not going to ever fully understand this. Um, but, but again, God let them know, here's what's going to happen if you do not uh, let, let my people go. They choose to go directly against that and the consequences came. And it's, it is brutal, and it is tough, um, but it, it is a, a powerful, uh, powerful reminder that God is above all of his creation, and that he is greater than all of us. And maybe this is one reason that the Bible talks a lot about the importance of being a God-fearing person, right? That, that there is an element that we should fear God. And so we see that happen in verse 11, and then verse 12 is kind of, uh, kind of a, begins with, it, it doesn't just go right to, the, to the, the escalation of the event. It introduces the Passover. And this is kind of interesting because the Passover is such an integral part of the Jewish faith and the Christian faith, right? Because what happens here is that... Uh, the process, God lays out the process of what he wants the people to do, of how he wants the people uh, to, to worship him, to acknowledge that they are listening to him. And basically they're supposed to take uh, an unblemished lamb, and that lamb would, would be sacrificed a certain way. And then the blood of that lamb would be put on the doorpost. And that is how the angel of death would know to pass over that house, Right? And, and a, this idea of sacrifice and the, the need for sacrifice uh, to, to overcome death is beginning to be established uh, with, this, uh, with this explanation of, of Passover. And what we see is there's a very 
close connection to when Jesus enters the scene a few thousand years, a thousand years later, um, right? That uh, that he is called the Passover Lamb. Uh, that he is going to be the one who offers himself as a sacrifice for us, so that we do not have to experience death, uh, just as uh, the Hebrew people did not have to experience death here. So, so we have the beginnings of that. Um, there's a, one thing that I, I think is vital for us to understand in verse 26, and it says, And it shall be when your children say to you, What do you mean by this service? That you shall say, It is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. The importance of this becoming a foundational uh, faith building block, that you pass that on to your children, and how important it is that, that we teach our children uh, from the beginning the sacrifice that Christ has made for us, that we teach these stories of God. And we know they're difficult, and we know that they can be challenging, but, uh, but that we are telling our children uh, about uh, how God has intervened and how God has reached out uh, and desires for us to be in a relationship with Him, and that, that we have to choose to respond to that. Right? You can respond as the way the Egyptians did, which by was not paying attention to it, or you can respond by the way the uh, people of Israel did and went through a process to sacrifice a lamb, uh, to spread the blood on their doorpost, and they experienced God's mercy, and, uh, and He passed over their houses. And it's something that is vital for us to understand and to pass on those foundational understandings of faith uh, to our children. And so then in, in verse 29, uh, just a, a, a horrible verse, and it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of a captain, captive who was in the dungeon, uh, firstborn of all the livestock. It just, again, shows what that God carried through with his promise. Uh, and it, it is a tough one, uh, but it, it reminds us <laughs> that, listen, we need to fear God. We need to understand who God is um, and that there are consequences uh, for rejecting God and to going against him. And, uh, and so, of course, Pharaoh after this is obviously distraught and he says, get out. Right, just all the people get out. He says, "Take uh, your uh, women and children and all your livestock." And if you remember through the plague, sometimes Pharaoh said, "Well, the men can go, or a few of you can go, but you have to leave the women and all this stuff." Well, now he's just like, "No, all of you get out." And uh, and so the the people begin to leave, and the the Egyptian people uh, it says they have granted them what they had requested. Right, so the Egyptian people just started giving their stuff, saying, "Get out, take take what uh, what is due you. We've we've held you in slavery. Here here you go. Take this in response and leave, but uh, because we do not want you here uh, anymore." And uh, so the the people leave there in Exodus chapter twelve, um, verse thirty seven. It starts talking about how the 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 journey that they began. And it says there's 600,000 men on foot besides the children, besides the women. We don't have an exact number there. The word that is used uh, there sometimes 
and, and usually is used as a thousand. So there were 600 and then uh, the word can represent a thousand, but it can also represent a kind of tribe or people group. Um, you know, so we're, we're really not sure of the exact number, uh, but it's all the people, right? And, it, and it's not a, not a small people. Remember from the very beginning, the reason that Pharaoh started doing these harsh treatments is that they were getting to be too numerous. So there's, I mean, if, if you just think of it, if that number is, is close to accurate, you've got 600,000 men. Well, I mean, at, you know, that's at least only half, right? So even if you just had women, uh, that gets you to over a million, and then you also have children. So, I mean, we're, you're looking at a, a very large uh, uh, group of people. And, and so they, they, they begin... Uh, their trek out of Egypt. And it, it says, now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt uh, was 430 years. Uh, again, it's important for us to, to remember, this was a long process that God was, was, uh, was intervening there for a long time. They were just there in Egypt. They had to deal with affliction. They had to deal with, uh, with slavery. But God does bring them and, and brings them out uh, of the land of of, of Israel, um, verse uh, chapter thirteen. A uh, couple just uh, quick things says. Uh, 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 then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "Consecrate to me all the firstborn." This idea of of making sure that we give back to God, that we are acknowledging the blessings that God has come for us. Uh, and then in verse th- uh, three, it says, "Remember this day in which you went out of Egypt." out of the house of bondage. Um, the importance of memory, we've seen that uh, a few other times here. It is so important that we remember what God has done. Uh, how often do we, we experience something in our lives that God has done in an amazing way, and we remember that, and uh, we say, man, I'm really going to, I'm going to live in response to that moving forward. And then a year later, we've kind of gone back to our old ways, and we've forgotten what God has done. It is vital that we continue to remember that, remember what God has done for us, and remember what God has done throughout history. Um, again, we see that same reiterated in verse 14 of chapter 13. It says, uh, So it shall be when your son asks in, t- in times to come, saying, What is this uh, that you shall say to him? By strength of the hand of the Lord brought us out of Egypt and out of the house of bondage, teaching our children that. That, that theme is repeated. That means it is very important for us to remember and for us to be uh, teaching our children. Uh, there, starting in verse 17, kind of closes out chapter 13, uh, where we will close today. But in verse 19, is interesting. It says, And Moses took the bones of Joseph. Remember how uh, Genesis ended uh, with uh, Joseph requesting that his uh, bones be taken back uh, to the promised land. So Moses takes the bones of Joseph with him, uh, for he had uh, placed the children of Israel under a solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. Remember that's what Joseph said uh, over 400 years uh, before this time, but now it is coming to fruition. Um, and, and now we see God beginning to, to lead the people with a pillar of fire at night, um, uh, and uh, a pillar of cloud by day. So God is leading the people uh, away from Egypt. He leads them 
uh, to, so that, where they will not get engaged by the Philistines. Uh, he kind of leads them in a different path, uh, which is interesting because it's going to end up in a, a tough predicament that we'll see next Tuesday. Uh, but God is now leading the people out of Egypt. And that will bring us uh, to chapter 14 uh, on uh, next Tuesday. Uh, so go ahead. I encourage you to read 14, 15, um, and probably 14 through 17. Uh, is a, and and I'm, I have the right to change that on next Tuesday. But uh, if you read a couple of chapters ahead, that's all right. But uh, 14 to 17 uh, on next Tuesday. I hope that you have a great weekend, and we'll see you then.